You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. I'm on social at egiddings10. Mark's on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. No, I, I, I do want to stay here because you just you kind of got my mind um, moving a little bit. And one thing that I think a lot of people have had an issue with Shanahan about on the field is, you know, maybe he hasn't grown a whole lot. Like th- there's been kind of a lot of trends throughout his tenure here that that would suggest that he is a, a, certainly, you know, a different head coach, but kind of a similar play caller. You know, a few weeks ago or last week, actually, we went through kind of his his on script, off script differentiation and how this year it's been not so great when he's off script. In previous years, he's been better when he's off script. Um, but large in part, there has there's there's been a difference, right? When he's comfortable, when he's in his zone, he can be effective on the field as a head coach and a play caller. But when things tend to go awry, he hasn't taken as much of a next step as a lot of people would hope for for a head coach in his sixth season. I do think you can make the case now that we have seen growth for Kyle Shanahan in the front office because, like you mentioned, this wasn't really his M.O. And whether or not it was supposed to be coming in with a team that needed to fill a lot of different holes uh, as opposed to one now that is kind of just tinkering with different spots and trying to make upgrades. Um, I I also think that Kyle Shanahan learned from 2019 where he felt like his team was the best from start to finish, except for of course the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. but maybe he reflects on it and looks at it and says, look, if we were able to go out and make one big splash and, you know, F a pick here and there, maybe that would have been the difference that had gotten us over the top against Kansas City. And this team, to me, is is not as dominant as the 2019 team. But if Kyle Shanahan is saying this is another year that is open for us to compete for a title, well, we need to go out and spend our draft picks now because maybe we had a chance to do it then. We didn't. And along with the lines of Trey Lance, the loss in the Super Bowl probably spurs that draft a uh, draft day trade where they're spending three first round picks where now he's showing us that, okay, I understand where I've made mistakes in the past as maybe a talent evaluator, as maybe making decisions, but I'm going to be able to evolve and grow as a decision maker at a higher level than just the field to put myself and the fans in a position where this team, you know, can compete for a championship and can compete in a year where, like you've said, is weaker all around, especially in the NFC. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think part of this also is, you know, I, you know, th- there's a quote from, from John Lynch that kind of spurred this whole conversation. You know, John Lynch said, Kyle Shanahan jokes around and calls me trader John in jest because he's usually the one pushing them uh, for trades. 
Uh, and if we ever traded everything that guy has wanted, we'd never have any picks is what John Lynch said of Kyle Shanahan. And I think part of this uh, and part of that conversation and part of what you just talked about there is also, you know, everything that like Kyle Shanahan says, oh, my, you got to go get me. So you got to go and get me this receiver. Could you imagine him in this offense? Like, of course, everyone would want like a, a star receiver or whoever it is, a star player, a star running back, whether it was, you know, someone in the past before they acquired Christian McCaffrey. There's a difference in like saying something like that and kind of maybe joking around with your general manager. Like, could you imagine him wearing the red and gold versus actually sitting down discussing, you know, the capital that it would take to get him? I mean, you could, it's obviously on a totally different level, but if you've played fantasy football and you've made a fantasy football trade, you could think you had a great, a great, you know, trade package for yourself. You send it off and then the opposing team accepts it immediately. And suddenly you're going into second guessing yourself. Like, why did he accept it so quickly? I thought it was great for me. Is, is this great for him? Like, then you're convinced that it was a bad trade for yourself. I feel like there's, there's a, a gigantic difference in kind of maybe in jest and passing saying like, could you imagine this guy on our team? versus actually going out and making the deal because once you're uh you know you, you see what it's going to take to make that trade happen it, it certainly uh, can, can do a lot to, to change your mind in terms of whether or not it's worth it um but i will say shanahan of course for all the reasons you just laid out is doing that more and more often now um but you can kind of see where maybe a I don't know, a storyline can kind of get misconstrued based on the way that he might say something to, to John Lynch, uh, kind of in jest and, and joking versus how he might actually feel about that trade if it were getting close to happening. Um, but I, I do agree that the team is kind of going in that direction where they're more willing to do it more often now. But the difference is he gets to make those decisions. Like most head coaches will say, like you, like you mentioned, Oh, I would what I would do with Justin Jefferson. Oh, what I would do with, you know, this big bruising defensive tackle. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan is also the guy that then gets to step into the war room and say, you know what? Let's pull the trigger on that. Like that's the difference. So to me, it it is noteworthy that John Lynch is saying something like, and and of course it it's mentioned specifically in jest, but we'd never have any any picks. Well. Outside of compensation next year, uh, you wouldn't have very many picks if if they weren't coming back. So, and and who knows? Maybe that's the reason why Kyle Shanahan is being as aggressive as he is right now because he knows he'll be getting picks back. But I, I just do think there is maybe a little bit of a shift that we're starting to see. And the NFL is a copycat league. We understand this. The Rams, the fact that they win a Super Bowl, and now teams are, you know, at, I don't think it's a coincidence that after the Rams and their style of of uh, roster formation and and contending after they win a Super Bowl the very next year we're seeing a record on trade deadline day I don't think there's a coincidence in that and so maybe Kyle Shanahan not to say he's being a copycat but he is recognizing where football is going and he needs to get on that train if he wants to give his team the best chance to win well and, and another example kind of a, of you know the flip side of you know taking these risks we talked about the Dolphins specifically in their acquisition of Jeff Wilson Jr. and a little bit about Bradley Chubb as well. Think about what they did with the 49ers assets that landed the 49ers Trey Lance. 
again, we're talking about one side of the risk, but you can also look look at the other side. The Niners took a giant risk in trading three first-round picks for the right to select Trey Lance third overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Miami Dolphins now have traded away or used all of those Niners picks. They traded that 12th overall pick that the Niners gave them in that 2021 NFL Draft. They packaged that with another first-rounder, moved up to sixth overall, uh, and selected Jalen Waddell, who is absolutely exploding now in his second year in the league. They then, this most recent offseason, yeah, if, you, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you just saw Evan do his his best uh, Waddle impression, his his goal line or his touchdown celebration. <laughs> it's very good. It's my favorite in the league. <laughs> and then this most recent offseason, they traded the 49ers uh, number 29 overall t- 2022 first round pick, along with a second round pick, a fourth, two fourth round picks, and a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft for Tyreek Hill. And then, of course, most recently, they acquired Bradley Chubb. They gave the 49ers 2023 first round pick, and they also sent Chase Edmonds. They got back um, a 2025 fifth round selection as well, and they got Bradley Chubb. So the Dolphins used the Niners' three first round picks, a few other assets of their own, to get Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb. So that's kind of the other side of this risk-seeking, risk-averse Kyle Shanahan. Look what the Dolphins did with all that capital. A lot of times you think of teams like the Dolphins making a trade like that. All right, they're loading up on young talent. They're going to own the draft for the next few years. But the Dolphins leaders have decided, no, they did use one of those picks to help get them a rookie in Jalen Waddle. But beyond that, they're getting veterans in Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb. I think the Dolphins have done a phenomenal job, but kind of an interesting thing to look at when you consider the risks the Niners are taking and how a different team might go about um, capitalizing on that risk that the Niners took. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I also think it's interesting, too, because uh, Chris Greer, who is the general manager for Miami, he's been there since 2016. So he has been, of course, a part of this more than Mike McDaniel has. But the moment that a Kyle Shanahan disciple gets to Miami is the year that they decide, well, all right, this is going to be the time where we cash in those chips. Um, Another thing, too, I was just looking at, at Greer's resume and he actually started in New England, a place that does not do this at yeah. all. Uh, in fact, they would prefer to have an abundance of fifth round picks as opposed to trading away the majority of their capital to move up. They, of course, generally move back in drafts more often than not. So I just I just think it's interesting how we're seeing an evolution of how teams like to use their picks. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was the one who famously you know, traded away Herschel Walker for umpteen picks and just said, you know what? Hey, we're gonna we're just gonna take our chances, and we're gonna take more chances at the lottery. Yeah. If we hit, we hit. If not, then so be it. But nowadays, it's like, all right, well, no. Now we're gonna use you know the the draft lottery to go get to to trade up for the Powerball or or all that that we think 
is going to make a difference. And um, the the Dolphins have absolutely done that to to near perfection this year, and it's it's resulted in a, a big season for them. Um, as for the 49ers, hopefully they can certainly have a big year this year. And right now at four and four mark, it seems like they're in a pretty good position to do that. Uh, and they're heading into their bye week. Like, did do, do, did you are you on the side of the fence? I know we didn't talk about this, but I was just curious. George Kittle after the game on Sunday kind of hinted at, you know, okay, well, we are going into our bye, but we feel like we found something. Like, I'm, I'm kind of sad in a way that, you know, we don't play next week because we feel like we've gotten back into a rhythm. Um, are, are you more on the George Kittle camp? Or I feel like the other side, which is most of people that would say, no, 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 no. Let, let's go to the board. Let's go to the bye week four and four. We are back on track against the Rams. This is kind of what happened last year without the bye week, but now we get two weeks to get healthy. We get two weeks to get right, and then we can make the final sprint to the last, you know, 10 weeks of the season. I feel like uh, it's it's kind of a fine line because you, when you're playing well, you want to keep playing. Um, but also, uh, I feel like this is the perfect time for a bye. I mean, I think if you were to rewind to when the schedule was released, most NFL teams are praying for what, like a week eight, week nine, week 10 bye. You want the middle of the season because, you know, if you have a week 13 bye, you are going to be struggling like from week nine to week 13 because you have been playing for three months straight without a bye. You get a nice bye in the middle and, you know, it one, it, it kind of splits your season into two. And I think it's easier to kind of digest and, and think about what to move uh, and what to improve on and what you need to do better. But it also just in terms of rest and recovery, having it right in the middle makes your two halves of a season, I think, easier because you have that nice buy and, and that midpoint. I, I think it was Michael Irvin who was on 95-7 the game earlier this week and said having a week nine buy is 100% an advantage. Every team wants this buy. So while I think you can probably feel George Kittle being like, we're playing well, finally, we had our best game of the year. We want to keep playing. That's understood. But I think the the greater good is the buy, is getting healthy. You have a lot of bodies. It seems like that will be coming back for week 10 against the Chargers when the Niners host Los Angeles uh, at Levi's. Um, uh, so I, I think it's certainly an advantage. Maybe the Niners would would want to be playing another week or two and then the buy because they are you know feeling good about themselves. But I think the positives of the bye this week outweigh um, what the positives would be if the team were, were still playing. Yeah. I also do think that's a little bit situational, like based on where the Niners were the last you know month or so, and really just how their first half of their season has kind of unfolded has been wild. They've just jam packed like <laughs> three years worth of uh, material <laughs> and content into like eight weeks. But I also think that, I mean, who knows, like, the, the, the Saints have their buy in week 14. Like they have one of the later buys of this season. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe at that point of the year, their season will be over. Maybe they catch fire midway through the year and having a bye week is like the perfect time for them. I just feel like for this team and this year, I do agree week nine is the perfect place to have the buy because of all the injuries you sustained the first eight weeks of the season that you're ideally going to be getting back after the bye week as well as how it felt like the Niners were kind of stumbling to that bye week line they were they were hoping for and needing it after consecutive losses to Atlanta and then Kansas City 
and then you go into L.A., in that second half, you play about as perfect a brand of football as I think we've seen in a while for the 49ers. And then you get that sigh of, okay, now we can yeah. reset and hopefully carry that second half specifically through the rest of the year. Well, just to play devil's advocate with, with George Kittle here for a moment. Let's say the Niners lose in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a close game. The team didn't play poorly, but they lose in Los Angeles. They go into the bye at three and five. Would you rather go into the bye? losing three straight games, including to your division rival, you fall, what, into third or fourth place in, in the division at the at the moment of the bye, three and five. You're feeling terrible about yourselves. Would you want to sit on a three-game losing streak for two weeks, or would you rather go in four and four, maybe feel better about yourself, maybe, you know, scratching to play a little bit because you are playing well, but have to sit out a bye? I feel like I would rather have the bye when I'm feeling good like they are now, as opposed to being three and five struggling and having to sit and think and stew on a three game losing streak for two weeks. I feel like it's better to being to, to, to be feeling a little bit better about yourself than than having a buy when you're in the midst of a three game losing streak. Although, you know, the buy might be well timed to kind of, you know, take stock of what you need to do better in the in the middle of a three game losing streak. I still feel like it might be better for the the overall health of the team to go into a break like that feeling good about yourself yeah i'm with you 